How's it going, everybody? Tonight, I'm excited to announce my guest. He's a former Fresno State wide receiver, a native of L.A., California, and a Texas Springling alum from this past season, Delvin Hardaway. How's it going tonight, brother? Yes, sir. How you doing, Michael? Glad to be here. Glad to join you. Yeah, for sure. Me too, man. So uh, tell us a little bit about growing up in L.A. and how it kind of molded you into the man you are today. Right. Uh, I mean, growing up in L.A. is a lot different than it may be in other places. Obviously, it's a more city environment. It's a lot more packed, you know, like coming from L.A. and being to Fresno is like totally different for me. But growing up in L.A. was cool. You know, I had all my friends that I grew up with and played Pop Warner and basketball. And we grew up together, played through high school and all those things. And then growing up in the area I did, South Central L.A., you know, it was pretty rugged, pretty tough. You know, I actually grew up right on 58th and Crenshaw. I'm not sure if you're familiar with who Nipsey Hussle is. Yeah, so his shop was on the other side of where I grew up at. So that's the kind of the area I grew up in and the environment that I grew up in, if that gives anyone a picture, you know. But like I said, it was fun. You obviously had your your sports and your things that you could do as a kid, but you obviously had other things that were going on in the community. But, you know, you just tried to keep a level head, have the right guidance to, you know, choose the right path and make the right decisions. But it was definitely fun. It definitely molded me into who I am today, like you said, to just – the way I think, the way I move, the way I act, you know, is all a product really in my environment. Yeah. And I know you mentioned, I know you mentioned that corner of Crenshaw, but you know, I think a lot of people kind of know about it from uh, All American on Netflix. You watched right. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched it. I checked it out. Yeah, it's pretty dope. I actually got a buddy who's actually in the show. He plays football too, named Marcus Peterson. He's yeah. actually uh, in the show too. So it's pretty dope. I think I reached out to him actually. He didn't get back to me. I'm trying to get him on the show because I'm trying to yeah, that's, I'm trying to get some inside scoop. Yeah, I'll tap in with him for sure and let him know. He, he's always busy though, man. Marcus yeah. always got something going on. Yeah, it seems like it. So uh, going back to high school, you had two main offers coming out of high school, San Jose State, who you originally committed to, and then Fresno mm-hmm. State. Tell us why you decided right. to decommit from San Jose State and then ultimately chose to go to Fresno State. Right, yeah. So like you said, I was committed to San Jose State. I actually had the Colorado offer too, right? But when I was originally coming out at the time, I think they were coming off a one and 11 season, right? So I was just sitting on their offer and kind of just had that. And then I got Fresno State really later on after I did like all American games and those things. San Jose was with me the whole way throughout my senior year. I went up to their camp prior to my senior year and did really well there. They gave me a scholarship. So I was committed to them throughout the season, just uh, sitting on that Colorado offer. And like I said, I didn't have Fresno State yet. So I took the trip to San Jose, loved the coaching staff, loved the program at the time where they were headed with Coach Mac, uh, Mike McIntyre. And honestly, the day after I left, I got back to school and I'm in the library and my phone's just buzzing and buzzing and buzzing. And he at, end, ended up leaving and going to Colorado. So he took the San Jose job and went to Colorado. So me having that offer, I thought that, okay, maybe I'll be able to go there to Colorado with them. But they obviously had a bunch of receivers who were committed to the previous coaching staff who they had to honor their scholarships. So that didn't work out. Like I said, Fresno State came on late after, you know, San Jose was coming into a new coach, Fresno State. I took the trip up here, saw, you know, what they had going on the field with guys like Devontae Adams and Josh Harper, Isaiah Burst and Derek Carr and was like, man, I want to play in that offense. I want to play in that system. You know, it was close to home. So, you know, that's why I ended up choosing Fresno State. That's what's up, man. That's kind of a wild ride already, bro. Yeah, man, it's crazy. <laughs> this story is like a 30 for 30 story, man. I'm telling you, watch when we dive into it. <laughs> bet, bet, bet. Hey, but then anytime you want to, bro, I'm here for all yeah. of it. Yeah, no, nah, it's good. <laughs> good, good. So uh, 
Yeah, you were part of a Fresno State receiver room that saw three players make it to the NFL within your span there. How was it competing yeah. with those guys every day? Kind of what tips did you pick up from them? Like, just kind of go in, go in on like, you know, kind of what it was like to be a receiver at Fresno State. Right, yeah. So, like I said, initially coming in, my freshman year, you know, I'm just a kid from L.A. I'm coming up to Fresno. All you really know is football. You're not really ready for the culture shock of, you know, 6 a.m. workouts, study hall, the, the college just curriculum and playing football, just all the demands. So, you know, initially I didn't really have any any expectations other than to come and just, you know, compete on the football field. But like I said, when I got here, I obviously had guys like Devontae Adams in front of me, Josh Harper, Isaiah Burst. These are guys who were breaking records, who are shattering records. Devontae's killing it in the NFL right now, right? So obviously knowing that I wasn't going to play, I was going to end up red shirt. And I instantly went into just knowledge mode, just soak knowledge up, just watching everything he did, De Devontae and Josh did at practice. And it was crazy because like I was a freshman, but for some reason they were older, but it was weird because I was like the only freshman like that they were cool with. So I was like always at their house or like always talking to them, always hanging out with them. So my freshman year to me was kind of different because it wasn't like a real rest or year because I, I didn't mention I was traveling with the team the whole time so like I just wasn't playing but I was basically doing everything that a person that would be playing would be doing like I wasn't in developmental lifting or any of that so I was really just soaking up as much knowledge as I can just watching film with them every day just asking a bunch of questions just damn near being annoying to a certain extent and then obviously when they left, um, Derek left, we had a new quarterback and it was my time to step up. You know, I ended up starting my red shirt freshman year, had a good performance against uh, Nebraska and uh, USC that year. And I believe Boise State. And then, you know, had a good season. I think we ended up going six and six that year. We uh, lost the Mountain West Championship, but it was a good year for us. It was a good year for me gaining experience and playing as a freshman and then moving on into my sophomore year. I had a partial ACL tear in spring before that season. So ended up rehabbing it in what, six months, ended up playing with the brace, ended up playing the last nine games of the season, but obviously I wasn't at full strength. I obviously wasn't able to showcase my abilities the same way. And then uh, what happened after that junior year came, we went one and 11 that year. That was just a bad year for all of us. <laughs> it was just new coaching staff new new players new everything so we went one and 11 that season was just kind of like a throwaway season really like we, everything was just off and then going into my senior year again I ended up having a full ACL tear so I ended up missing my original senior year having to rehab that having to sit out and then getting a sixth year of eligibility what they created in the NCAA and ultimately using that sixth year to once again you know regain full strength regain full health finish getting my degree and obviously things like that but Still competing every day, which you which you hit on for the first part. That was always big with me, and what I think is allowing me to continue my career and catapult and have so much momentum that I'm having is just my competitive nature and being competitive with those guys. Like college is weird because you're with the guys you're competing against every day, so you're brother, but it's like I'm competing against you every day I'm trying to take your spot you're trying to take my spot so it's weird but you have to have that balance and like I said be able to compete with each other but also share ideas with each other and share insights with each other with each other so it was definitely fun though yeah that's dope it's crazy you got yeah. to play with freaking Devontae Adams bro that's what's yeah. up <laughs> man that was crazy bro freshman year watching that watching that was just we were what ranked 14th I think we were undefeated every game until we played San Jose like I think it was a game like this like a Wednesday night or something before Thanksgiving it was like a shootout like 54 51 
and then we ended up going to the Vegas Bowl and losing to uh, USC later that year. But man, they were going, I'm talking about Derek Carr throwing for 400 yards every game. Either Tay's going to have 10 catches for 204 touchdowns and then Hart going to have nine for 175 and three touchdowns. <laughs> it was just crazy. Yeah, that's what's up. So give it, give us give us a little sound bite. What was like one of the funniest moments you've ever seen? Like one of those NFL dudes just doing the locker room or something, something funny that you can give us. Don't expose nobody though. But, yeah, you know. uh, something funny. Huh. Just something that really like defines who they are, like outside of just the football player that we see on Sundays. Right. Oh, those guys. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of hard to think about right now. Like. Because it was so much. I mean, obviously, like now, those dudes are older, right? And they're in the NFL and they have, you know, the success and things that they have. But at that time, we're all kids still. We're all like 18, you feel me, 20 years old. So everything we did was funny. We're always goofing off. We're always just doing dumb stuff. Obviously, the people on the field don't see that. But it would be, I would be telling you everything if I had to pinpoint one thing to tell you about that. Because every day it was something new for sure. Yeah. So just kind of take what's the Fresno State game day like, you know, like what time do you get up? What time do you eat breakfast? What time you're meeting? Stuff right. like that. Just kind of go give it all to us. Right. So Fresno State is being on the West Coast and the Mountain West. We primarily get the later games. We're primarily playing like eight o'clock. When we play Hawaii, it's like game for like, it's like midnight, like times like that. So we're basically waking up at like Game day, maybe like 9 o'clock, 9 a.m., we're going over for breakfast, going over our tips and reminders, uh, do a slight 15-minute walkthrough, and then you're back to your rooms for maybe a good four hours where you're just getting off your feet, getting your mind right, you know, watching highlights, whatever you need to do, listening to music, stretching at the facility, already getting extra activation, all those things. And then we would come back for a team lunch. We would all eat lunch at the um across the street actually at this diner that we had and then we would actually walk over after lunch and do what we had called the bulldog walk you know there's like fans on both sides they got the all the tailgating going on and all the festivities and things like that and we all walk through the fans and then we head back into our facility and then once again we just go into two more meetings we go into now a special teams meeting to cover everything on special teams again and then offense and defense and then, you know, you're in the locker room. Now you're getting ready for the game. You know, guys are going to get treatment and stretched out. Some guys are, you know, just chilling. Some guys are listening to music. Other guys are still goofing off. That's how they get ready for games. And, you know, it's just a, a bunch of different things going on like that. But obviously all with the same goal in mind to make sure that we come out and compete and win and everything like that. So once we get in there, then we're, you know, stretching. We're out for pregame stretch which is in our weight room. Actually, we used to do it in our weight room with coach Andy Ward. And then we would come back and then you could like go down on the field and do warm ups or do whatever you need to do, get extra catches in stuff like that, come back up. Then maybe have about 30 minutes left, I'd say. And then we begin pregame rollout, starting with specialists, quarterbacks, receivers, O-line, obviously go down on the field, warm up, go through seven on team, all those things, kick a field goal, bring it up and then head up to the locker room, wait for the kickoff. Yeah, that sounds sounds lit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what do you think, like what skill sets do you think you bring to an NFL team that maybe other guys don't? So the thing that I feel defines me or that speaks out about me is not actually having just one prototypical play style, right? So I feel like I bring a lot in one. Like I feel like I bring, 
if we need to be more physical this week, if we need to have more down and dirty catches, a lot of contested catches, I can get that done. If I need to separate from a guy at the line of scrimmage who may be more physical than me, I can get that done. I feel like my game just adjusts very well to different schemes, different play styles against different competition. And that's one thing that I actually pride myself on is, you know, not not being able to be predictable or have a set prototype. Because once you get to the NFL, guys watch film and they key on on everything you do. And I key on on everything they do. So me being able to have so many tools in my toolbox and adjust week to week based on who I'm seeing, the coach that I'm seeing, the scheme that they run, the coverages that they run. I think that's what's always giving me a bigger upper hand in my career because it's always like whatever system I'm in, I'm able to mold to it. You know, you, you have those guys where they can't run a 10-yard speed out. They can only run a 12-yard power cut because, you know, the West Coast offense is different from whatever offense they run or Fresno State's offense is different from Baylor's offense, right? So I think that I can really put my game into any offense or any system and have good success. Yeah, that's super valuable too. Yeah. So uh, you just got done balling out in the spring league. Kind of take us into that experience. What kind of, you know, experiences did you gain? What'd you learn? Kind of stuff <laughs> like that. I know you balled out. You right. showcased your talents a lot more. So kind of just take us into that. Spring league was great, man. It was a great opportunity for me. Um, like you said, to be able to go and ball out and showcase my abilities and showcase my talents. Um, I learned a lot, you know, just it was I, honestly my first real professional level competition, if you would say. So it was a lot of former XFL guys obviously playing, a lot of guys who were on practice squads in the NFL. So me seeing that I still have the – or me seeing that the play speed wasn't that difficult for me was definitely a huge confidence booster for me once I got out there and I saw like okay I'm just as fast as these guys I'm I'm, I'm just as good as these guys now the confidence is there and that's when you can really be in just playing again right and then making the big plays that I made because me having the confidence preparing and practice against those guys preparing against former NFL guys former XFL guys who were great like don't get me wrong I didn't win every battle they definitely got me a lot I got them a lot and that's what made all of us better in the end and it was so great for me just having it on Fox Sports and just having it be to such a wide audience and platform because it was like okay who is this kid like he's making a lot of plays he's making a lot of uh, big time catches let's find out who he is let's actually find out his story which has been the, the, the biggest thing for me was just opportunity, right? It's, it's never been my talent or my ability. I just, like I said, at Fresno State, had a couple injuries, so the road got longer, right? Obviously, the doors closed. You know, they're not as big. You're not going to get drafted. You got to be a free agent. You got to go through things like the Spring League. And, you know, it was great for me. It was a great platform, like I said, to showcase my ability. I felt like I did what I needed to do. So, you know, now we just continue to work and, you know, look for the next step. Yeah, for sure. So let's let's self-scout a little bit. What do you feel like is mm -hmm. something – I know you, you talked about how you pride yourself on, like, not being predictable, stuff like that. Right. What's something you feel like you still need to work on? One thing that I still need to work on um, – I, I would like to get better at the line, line of scrimmage in, in terms of my releases, in terms of being able to – get away more clean. I would say create more separation, more space, be more patient. Uh, I, I have a tendency when I'm at the line of scrimmage to think I'm doing something in a patient manner. But then when I watch it on film, I'm like, damn, that was way too quick. He didn't feel that or he didn't, 
he didn't react the way I wanted him to react. So I think I definitely can work on being more patient, think quick at the line of scrimmage instead of just always wanting to go fast or be too patient, kind of just finding that medium that guys like Devontae Adams have and Keenan Allen and those guys, just finding that. And then I was just saying, continue to catch the football cleanly. You know, continue to just make the big catches, the contested catches, because that's what they want to see at the next level. Everybody can catch a wide open slant or a wide open curl route. They want to see you make that catch with a guy hanging off your back or make that catch with a guy pulling on one arm or, or something crazy like that. They want to see that catch radius. So definitely just making those consistent big time catches. Yeah, for sure. So who are you bumping to pregame, bro? Who's on your pregame playlist? Who are you listening to to get you fired up? Yeah, pregame, man. So I, I've always been a Meek Mill guy. He kind of came onto the scene 2012, like right when I was in high school, like all those songs, Dreams and Nightmares, the intro, all those type of songs. So I'm always like Meek Mill heavy with like some T Grizzly. You know, I like high energy. So I'm like Meek Mill, T Grizzly, and then being from the West Coast, I got some Nipsey Hustle in there. Uh, and then I got some Future in there just to vibe out mellow a little bit. You know, guys like that, some good J. Cole, maybe if I really, you know, if it's a prideful game, like an emotional game to me, I want to take it there, you know, get some Friday night lights going on or something. So, yeah, but just really those guys, man, a lot of Meek Mill, I would say definitely he probably shoulders the weight on game day for sure. Damn, with that playlist, you about to fuck someone up. All right, <laughs> man. Yeah, I got to keep it, keep it nice and hype, keep it going. All right, bet. So what's kind of. That's kind of what I really want to dive into. Football or not football, you can take it wherever you want to take it. Platform is right. yours, brother. But what has been probably like the biggest adversity you've had to face in life? And how would you like overcome it? Where did you like, who would you lean to? You know, you could shout out right. your friends, your family. Who would you lean to to get through those hard times? Right. My biggest adversity for me, obviously, in life was the injuries in college. Like I said, coming from where I came from. I already didn't really have the opportunity to play. Like you said, I only had two offers. So when I got here, I definitely wanted to to make my name known to obviously get to the next level. So sitting behind DeMonte and those guys, bam, I got the knowledge I need. Now it's on me to go out and play. Boom, I ended up getting hurt. It was a partial tear, right? So, you know, I ended up rehabbing quickly and coming back, but I honestly knew I wasn't 100. Things didn't feel right, I would say. Like my knee was, it just didn't feel right. It just felt off to me. So I ended up just continuing to play on it, continuing to play on it. And then obviously before my senior year, when it tore again, it was actually it failing on me. So the graph actually failed because it wasn't put into the right place. And it obviously wasn't the right graph. I was using an Achilles uh, cadaver graph. Cadaver is a, a deceased person instead of a, a patella tendon, which they use in the pros, which is your own ligament from the front of your knee. And then they attach it in and that's your new ACL, right? So the road I chose, the reason that they did that was because there would be a quicker recovery time. Like I said, I ended up playing later that season, finishing nine games. So that's kind of how college works though. I mean, they, they want you now. What can you do for them now? So, you know, that was the road. And then I obviously tore it again. And it devastated me because that year was going to be a big year for me. That year we had Alabama on the schedule. We had Washington on the schedule. We had a lot of heavy hitters on the schedule. So I was training my ass off that summer, you know, three times a day, four times a day, you know, busting my ass and then get to fall camp. And to have that happen, it, it devastated me because it was before my senior year. At this time, initially when the injury happened, that NCAA rule for six-year eligibility wasn't there yet. 
So I was asked out. I was get ready for pro day. Hopefully you better be ready for pro day or you may never play the game you love again, right? So, you know, I started looking into a wide variety of different options. I, I took a lot of trips to some D2 schools. I took a trip to uh, Winona State in Minnesota. I took a trip to Humble State up north here in California. And uh, we're a Slippery Rock. And uh, I think that's in Pennsylvania, actually. Yeah, yeah Slippery Rock. Yeah, Slippery Rock. So, yeah, I was going to go D2. And then, um, yeah, there was just a lot of just problems D2 with my uh, my credits transferring, my courses transferring over and stuff like that. So the D2 route wasn't going to work, right? So now you're never going to play the game you love again. You don't have the opportunity. It's snatched away from you. You had all this, this great future going for you or whatever, such and such. Ended up getting the sixth year back. <clears throat> but that whole year before I didn't get my six year eligibility back, my scholarship was also gone and taken away from me. So not only did I have the torn ACL, not knowing if I would ever be able to play football again, my scholarship was taken away from me. So now I'm not even enrolled in classes. Now I'm not even doing anything. I'm basically just sitting at home all day. And who came into my life was a guy named Alex Jones. So he came into my life with the new coaching staff, right? So the year I got hurt, was also the first year coach Jeff Tedford came and he brought his staff with him. And there was a strength staff from the university of Stanford. There was Alex Jones, who was the assistant. And there was coach uh, Andy Ward, who was our head of strength coach and coach Jones, me and him just built a rapport outside of football. You know, he would just see me around. We would just talk, we would have casual conversations and he just invited me to come in and train with him in the weight room. He was like, man, you know, like, <clears throat> I know you're not on scholarship, <clears throat> excuse me. I know you're not on the team, but you can still work out here, man. Like you can still train here. You can still be around the guys. And obviously that was hard for me because I was missing my senior year. Like it wasn't that I was being selfish or didn't want to be around the guys and stuff, but it hurt me more to be there than not to be there. So I didn't want to go to the facilities. I didn't want to go out to watch practice. I didn't want to go to meetings because it, was, it wasn't me being selfish or not wanting to be around my guys. It was just hurting me more to be there and be like, damn, like this is it. Like This was my senior year and it did happen. But long story short, I ended up training with him and the, the consistent bond that we built daily, just him believing in me, just waking me up at 5.30, let's go start rehab and let's go do this. Boom, go home. You're not taking classes. All right, eat. We'll do come back in three more hours. Now we're gonna do our body. Now we're gonna do this. Boom, go back home. Come back. Now you're in the training room. Now you're in the pool. You're in the cold. So you're doing stuff like that. And that helped me develop the patterns of a professional without me really even knowing I was doing it at the time because <clears throat> I did it so consistently because not one, I had to, and two, I wanted to. One, I had to because I was rehabbing, so I had to give back to 100%. And to the way that he approached me with it and the way that we approached it together, it made me fall in love with the game all over again. And it made me much more hungry than I was before. I felt like I was at a point in my life where I was just content. Like I'm a D1 player. I start, I get catches. I'm here in Fresno. Like you just get complacent. Like we all have that habit in life to just get content and get complacent and we need something to shake us up. And I felt like that's what it was with my injuries. Like it was just God telling me and showing me like, dude, if this is what you really want, you have the ability, but it's bigger than just football. I don't think that's what people understand. Like it's bigger than just playing on the field. Like you have to be so disciplined in your regimen of just everyday life, right? Not even just eating the right things, but like just making the right decisions all around, like extra time doing soft tissue, 
extra time doing this, doing that. Like you have to be so detailed in that. And that's what coach Jones helped me do. So once he did that, everything just started falling in place. Once I saw myself being consistent with the work that I was putting in with him, next thing you know, boom, the six year of eligibility comes into play. Now you can clutch. get an extra year. Yeah. Clutch. Right. So it's like, damn, like you were preparing this whole time, not even knowing that this will happen. So like now you're ready. Like it happened at the perfect time. So I literally, bro, this ended up happening like a week before they went back to summer workouts. So that whole year from when I got hurt fall all the way through winter, all the way through spring, boom, that upcoming summer, this ended up happening like a week before. So I went up to talk to Coach Tefford and he was like, yeah, I bring you back on scholarship. Like I want you to finish, get your degree, obviously be around the guys, all that good stuff. So I ended up, like I said, coming back my sixth year and, you know, competing and contributing in the ways that I had to for my team obviously not the ways I wanted to but like I said just him coming into my life at that time was like one of the biggest things for me and that was like the biggest adversity for me because it was like way deeper than just like an injury bro like those things mess with college guys heads so much I don't think people understand how big like injuries play a role in our lives like when all we know is football and this is what our future is set up to be and then to get the game snatched away from you twice not once for me but twice it was like man I was at a super low point in my life bro and I just want to pay homage to him to coach Jones definitely and I appreciate him for coming into my life and us just developing that work ethic and that habit and those patterns and then obviously setting me up to be where I am now. For sure, bro. That's a that's a crazy oh, yeah. story, bro. Those yeah, man. injuries, it's man. Crazy. That's, yeah, it's just one thing that people just don't understand. If they've never played sports, bro, it just seems like, right. oh, okay, you get an injury, you rehab it, you're good to go. But, like, right. it's not that simple, you know. Uh, yeah, I got a couple it affects more. a lot for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I got a couple more questions for you. Yep. Um, the next one kind of popped into my head as you were speaking. Kind of what's next for you, man? So, you know, you just finished up the spring league. What are you kind of doing right. now to stay in shape? You know, have you got any interest? Like what's kind of, what's kind of the next steps here for you? Right. Yeah. So after the spring league, it was a good, good showcase for me. Now I've just been back home, just honestly relaxing these last couple of days, just helping my body rejuvenate and get back going before I start hitting the training hard again and stuff like that. But going into the spring league, I actually didn't even have an agent or have any representation or anything. Like it was just all me. And then coming out of the spring league, I actually met two guys up there. I met one guy earlier when I was there. He's more of an international rep. And then I met a guy recently, won't drop his name yet because everything's not official, but yeah, just met a new agent and stuff like that. So he's going to come on and represent me. And he represents a lot of good guys in the NFL and he has a lot of guys in the CFL. So working with him and the product that I put on the field at the spring league, I know that I'll definitely have something coming. So, you know, right now I'm just waiting, like you said, just training, staying ready. Cause I definitely know that I'm going to get some XFL or CFL, if not NFL. So I definitely know I'll be playing somewhere soon. So now it's just about staying healthy and staying ready for sure. Oh yeah. That's the same energy you got to keep bro. Um, one last question. One last question. Any advice for those young athletes out there? You know, maybe they don't have very many offers coming out of high school, you know, maybe they do have some injuries, you know, what kind of advice can you give them, you know, from your own personal experiences to just, you know, keep fucking going, like, you know what I mean? Just keep going, keep pushing. What kind of, what kind, what can you give them? You, you just got to eliminate doubt really and believe in yourself. 
that's the biggest thing is just eliminate doubt. There's a lot of outside distractions. There's a lot of outside voices that play a role in what's going on, especially today in a lot of young people's lives. But you got to believe the voices that you hear, the voices that you feel, the intuitions that you have, and just believe in yourself and go for it. A lot of people are scared to fail in life, and that's why we don't go for a lot of things, because not because we don't want to try, because it's hard, but if we fail, damn, how's everybody going to look at us if I said I was going to do something and I didn't do it, right? So, I mean, just believe in yourself, eliminate doubt, work hard, be consistent, be determined, don't take no for an answer, and just chase your dreams, man. That's what life is about. We only get one life. Nobody has the same life. Your dream may not be someone else's dream. It may not be as important to them, but it's important to you. You feel me? So just believe in it and keep chasing it. And that's what's kept me motivated is, you know, I've had a lot of doubt over these last couple of years with getting injury injuries and not performing the way I wanted. And damn, what is Hardaway doing? Is he ever going to play again? Or is he going to be stuck here? Is he going to be back in LA? Just a lot of words flying around and a lot of different energies flying around, but I just remain level-headed because I've always known this is what I love. And this is the path that's for me is just taking a little bit longer, but when it happens, it's going to be that much more sweeter. You know, when people get things handed to them, it looks good. Like, damn, they have it already. They have it. When you go through shit, bro, when you get dirty for it and then you get it, bro, it feels way better. It feels way better. So just keep going. Just keep pushing and just go get it. Yeah, damn right. All right, guys, Delvin Hardaway for you all coming up real soon. My man's going to be falling somewhere we don't know yet but it's gonna it's gonna happen stay tuned stay tuned <laughs> this is where it started too this is the first one with my guy michael man the hey, hey you already know <laughs> all right bro have a good night all right man appreciate it.